Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me an entrepreneur and scaling expert, Brandon Dawson. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Today's topic is to scale smart and grow your business in any economy. And that's really relevant because the economy is ups and downs and the pandemic kind of threw everybody through a loop. So um, let me just ask this before we kind of jump into what you're good at is uh, what were the biggest changes in the in, in the overall economy in the past three years during the pandemic that really either messed up entrepreneurs or prevented people from starting businesses or, you know, what, what was kind of like the challenge for people? Well, I think I think most business owners, uh, when they're under one hundred million dollars in revenue, don't have very good financials. They don't have very good uh, tracking methodologies. They don't have good metrics and they don't have teams that are used to paying attention to those details in real time all the time. And so it's easy to feel things aren't necessarily going the right way and then preemptively take actions that actually cause the uh, the negative impact in the business versus actually sticking with what you know works and measuring the impact and then making decisions based on facts. And so I saw a lot of businesses shut down or make proactive decisions that actually hurt the business. What kind of, um, what kind of proactive decisions did they make that uh, hurt their business? Firing employees or shutting off marketing or cutting costs and doing things that preemptively they thought they needed to do because things were going to end up becoming bad. And in reality, it was because of those things that things went bad. Wow. So they 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 thought they were doing the right thing, but they ended up doing the wrong thing. Yeah, so, because that, when you don't have data and you're not tracking trends and you and, and, and you don't have the expertise, I call them wartime entrepreneurs or wartime CEOs. You know, there was a lot of people that started businesses because of what they loved doing and they had just enough success. They were able to do it well and people appreciated working with them, but they didn't run a fundamentally sound or solid business. So when there was disruption or when there was a state of emergency, they, they purely reacted out of emotion and reflex and, 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 and took action that resulted or caused the business to struggle when in reality, for those business owners that really focused and 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 paid attention to the basics, they actually went through expansion. A lot of those business owners went through massive expansion during COVID, and a lot of great businesses were just shut down and uh, or businesses that did not run with proper reserves, didn't pay attention to their financials, so they had no backup plan. They had no cash reserves, and so they were running thin, and then they immediately were put out of business. Yeah, and you mentioned that a lot. You're mentioning a lot about data and metrics and companies not really following trends and whatnot. So, I mean, being a data-driven business, at least in my opinion, is one of the most important things you can do. And by following the data, analytics, algorithms, whatever you want to call them, you'll be able to figure out what the market is, you know, what's working in your favor and what's not. So what are the tried and true approaches that you have found that work in, within a data-driven methodology that a startup, you know, we're talking businesses that don't have a hundred million dollars in revenue here. We're talking about the the ones that have less than a million dollars in revenue, most likely. What are the techniques that you would tell them these are foolproof? Yeah. So I, I would say any business of any size, there's some very specific things that you should learn to do and incorporate in your organization if you're doing a hundred thousand or if you're doing a hundred million. And that is you need to have an annual budget that sets your targets. 
You need to do quarterly reviews. How are you performing against the annual budgets? You need to understand revenue per employee so that you know how many employees based on the revenue the business generates that allows you to have your profitability. You need to know what that is. You need to know what your cash reserves need to be to have 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days, whatever of cash in the bank in case your revenues went to zero due to a disruption. And you got to look at daily cash in and daily cash out to know if the net of those two numbers on a daily basis is positive. And if it is, you'll, you'll generate and, and, and create an algorithm inside of you that builds what's called entrepreneurial intuition. And that is the ability to know you're doing well without looking at too many data points, because the few that you are looking at are all indicating that you're all green lights go. And so I like to know every single month, what's our monthly target for revenue? And then every single morning, we we report to the whole company on cash collected for the month compared to the best two other months we had in the business so that everyone can see the algorithm that we're performing to target, we're underperforming. And then if you're underperforming, everyone has the one, two, three steps that they can do to increase activity, pull money forward. Um, and And so- you got to have your organization on readiness mode all the time. And then when a crisis or emergency happens, you just watch those data points. And if there's no alerts, then you just keep going full steam ahead. But if there becomes alerts, then you go to what's the protocol when an alert comes on. So, so that's how we teach business owners to run their business at any level. And the sooner you learn that, the easier, more profitable your business will grow. It almost sounds like you, you need to be a CFO or an accountant to really manage this because it almost sounds very financial to me. I'm hearing a lot of a cash in, cash out, profits and, and that kind of thing. Um, is that to you the most important part of running a business is making sure the, the financials are running in order? Or are you also looking at the data? When I, when I meant data driven, I meant more like the market data. So like if you're a startup, like a tech startup, for example, and you're not revenue driven, there's a lot of consumer apps out there that don't make any money, but their user acquisition mode is really their bread and butter. Um, getting that, getting those first million users for their platform, for example, that's how you get investors, and that's how you you know get out. Yeah, the well, you're you're but you're you're talking about such a small group of people. I mean, okay, you know, most of those people, if if you never learn to make money in your business, you're never le- going to learn to make money. So you okay. know, there are examples of businesses that never made money that became wildly valuable. But there's more examples. Ninety eight, ninety seven point three percent of all businesses under a hundred million fail every ten years. Two thirds fail in the first five, and so. You know, a majority make us, of make people, us all feel really good here. <laughs> yeah, the majority of people who use that rationale, it's because they don't understand what it really means to build a business. So, so right. techies that like to play with apps but never have a revenue model, they're going to go out of business anyway, statistically. Okay. So, so, so you I think that's so, so you're saying example. number one, so you're saying no, number one is make sure that you have a revenue model, you're monetizing whatever it is that you're selling, whether it's a product, a platform, an app, or anything. You're saying first and foremost, revenue model. And how do you come up with those revenue models if there isn't one for like, say you're a founder and a lot of people out there, well, I have this great idea, but they're not financial people. They don't really know how to monetize. What do you tell those people? Yeah. So, so I would tell them before they go and raise money from friends and family, not knowing how to build a business and then having awkward Thanksgivings and Christmases, actually go study a business that's similar to what you're trying to do and follow the path of what they did and reverse engineer it. Because, you know, uh, you know, there, there's two ways to operate, right? So I always tell, because look, 
here's the thing. And I might sound, you know, crass in this arena, but I, I deal with the aftermath of people not being able to go back to family vacations or, or stuff because they pissed away all their friends and family's money. And now it's such an awkward situation. And then they, 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 they don't know how to repair any of that. So what I tell people, uh, why don't you prepare before you have to repair? And, and if you, if you have a goal or ambition or you have this desire, go find some examples of people who actually did it, learn how they did it, and, and recognize that if you're going to create something entirely from scratch that's never existed before, never been created before, which is highly probably unlikely that your, your intellect is beyond that scope because there's so many people that have tried. I watch business owners grind for 10 years with their unicorn unique idea only to roll it out and find out there's a hundred of them already in the market because right. they just didn't do any homework. Right. Research and is so really important. Yeah, it is. Now there are occasional times where people go innovate things. I have a kid that innovated something three years ago and he just got paid 140 million for it. So, you know, it, 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 it does happen. I'm not suggesting it doesn't, but it's just rare. It's rare because, you know, and you're right. A lot of people pitch me ideas and they're like, I have the best billion dollar idea. I do a simple Google search and I find, like you said, five or six of them. I'm like, did you see these? And then of course they'll try to defend and say, Oh, well, mine's different because of this. And I'm like, but it's really not. So, so you're, you're saying really try to um, identify a target in the, you know, a market, a gap in the market that isn't being saturated and try to, add some sort of revenue stream to it by copying others in the market, maybe not like yours, but in a similar industry. Is that, you know, and then how do Look, you, if I had a brilliant you, idea, how do you if copy them? If I had a brilliant idea, if I had a brilliant idea and I thought it was going to change the market, what I would do is I'd go find one of these businesses that has a business owner that's built it to three, four, five million that doesn't have an exit strategy that is tired of working. And I would buy their business. I'd do a deal with them. I'd learn that business for two or three years I would buy that business. I would improve that business so I could generate cash. And then I would take the access cash and I go build my dream. Mm. So many people go the opposite way. They use other people's money. They use other people's time. They dink around for many years, pretending that they're doing something in the basement. And they, they never even know what it means to build a business. So then if, even if they do get lucky and they, you know, what's frustrating for me is when someone actually has something that could be unbelievable because they don't understand business, they piss it away and, or, or the shareholders or investors they do raise money with, take it away from them. So this is what happened to me. I had a dream. I went out and raised private equity money. I finally figured it out after seven years, took it public. I was on fire. And then they came to me and said, hey, good job. We're selling your company because we can get all our money back. And all of a sudden, oh. I had to start over. So so look, there's 10 elements. I don't want to cut you off, but this is important. You had a success story, right? You had a success. You had an exit of some kind, it sounds like. How much easier is it? Because people ask me this all the time. How much easier is it to get another company off the ground after that? Because people then you have credibility. They believe in you versus an, an entrepreneur who never did that. They've been trying to get stuff off the ground and nobody believes in them. No one gives them any kind of capital. What's the difference? That, did, you, did you see a difference there? Well, of course. So my first business wasn't a home run, wasn't a success. My second business, I started it based on what I learned from my failures and sold it for 77 times EBITDA, one of the highest values ever paid for a company, creating wealth for a lot of other people that I didn't even raise money from because I shared the equity with my customers and all my employees. And then this third business, now it took me 14 years to go from zero, uh, growing it entirely organically to $40 million and selling it for 150, took me 14 years. I partnered with Grant Cardone and in 36 months, I went from zero to a business that'll do 75 million this year. So 
So the reason that people that have success the second time around isn't because of credibility. It's because they have knowledge. Right. Once you learn how to do something, you know how to do it. But those that don't know how to do can't teach. And those that continue to fail trying to do things just reinforce failure because they never learned how to do it right. And so I think confidence and building a business is all about confidence. And if you don't have the utmost confidence in yourself, nobody else is going to have confidence in you. And when you shatter your own confidence, trying to convince other people to be confident in you when you're not even confident is problematic. And you mentioned uh, talking to people who were in the industry or close to your space that did something similar to you did to learn from them. How do you actually get a hold of these people if they're either too busy or not accepting calls or any of those things? Like what's, what's a good strategy to really get a hold of somebody who can really help you? Cause that's another thing entrepreneurs say is like, well, I don't know anybody. Yeah. Well, all those excuses are because people are lazy. <laughs> so, so I'll give you an example. Give me one business that you've heard of or you thought of that you think could be an interesting business model. Just give me one idea. Like Snapchat. Okay, great. Google Snapchat, origin of Snapchat. You can read all about it. There's research reports put out about it. There's articles that have been listed about it. There's, there's, there's old articles when it first came out of people saying it was a dumb idea. Like you can do, re- every person has the capacity to do real research on anything they want to do. And trust me, there's plenty of information out there if yep. they're looking deep enough. So the first thing is use all the free information that's actually out there. Learn to do good research. Learn to take a pencil out and reverse engineer some numbers. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, you don't need to call the founders of the company and say, hey, tell me all about your company because most founders are busy. So the best way to learn about how a business works is to go to work for a business that's doing something similar to what you want to do and actually invest three to five years and understand how it operates, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities and threats, and then do more research on how you can improve what you're seeing that business do. And so, you know, there's there's eight trillion of wealth transfer happening in the next 10 years of baby boomers that are just giving their businesses up. I just did a podcast with a kid who worked for a guy for two years, had a $15 million business. And the guy said, kid, I don't want to work anymore. You can have it. I'll give you some working capital. Just pay me out over the next 10 years. And the kid works with me now and he's going to do 30 million in the second year. So, so look, there's so many opportunities, but if people are going to hide in their basement and pretend like they're the only ones with the best idea and they're not going to learn the fundamentals, there's 10 elements to building a business. If you're not going to go educate yourself on those 10 elements, then obviously you're going to be probably a statistic of which 98% or 97.5% of businesses go out of business. And the other interesting statistic is 98.2% of all businesses under a hundred million or under 3 million. So it's so hard to get a business over 3 million. 3 million. Yeah. So look, it, 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 it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing to be able to execute across the 10 elements of building a high valued business system. And I assume that that's where your specialty is. If people want to find you and they want to learn about these 10 things, uh, tell the, our audience here how to find you and what they're going to learn. Yeah, the easiest thing is you can go to my Instagram at Brandon M. Dawson, or you can go to my YouTube channel, uh, Brandon, uh, uh, I think it's Brandon Dawson. Um, and so, you know, it's it's just just Google me, right? Brandon Dawson, 10X, uh, you'll, you'll right. find it. And, and, and just start paying attention to the videos and understand that that, you know, I, I build businesses from the ground up. Uh, the last business that acquired my business for $151 million, within 36 months, we grew them by $4 billion. So wow. it's it's all public record. Um, and all that information and knowledge is, is out there. You just got to be interested in seeking it out. And you got to get out of your own head. A lot of people start their businesses for the wrong reasons. 
They start businesses because they don't want a boss. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to cap on their earnings. And then they go struggle. The average median income of a business of the average business owner under a hundred million dollars is under 75,000. So when somebody says they're worth a lot of money, but they're paying themselves 75,000, it's hard for them to hire good employees that want to make 150,000 when the guy I'm going to go to work for, the gal I'm going to go, go to work for make the average median income. So, 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 so it's hard to attract high quality employees when you're a low quality earner. Well put, man. Fascinating information. I'm I'm sure people learned a ton in this episode. So thanks again, Brandon. I appreciate it. And as always, we will see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.